Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week, brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Victoria Vertin. I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. And I am your host, Mikhail Snyder. Welcome to the last episode of the year. <laughs> Welcome. It is the last episode of This Week in Nerd News for the year, and we, we wanted to make sure that we end with, with a retrospective of everything that happened. So with that, uh, we're going to talk about 2023 in sort of a different way than we have done in previous end-of-year episodes before. We usually talk about here are our favorite things that we've done and watched, and here are the things we're looking forward to. And we're still going to do that, but uh, 2023 was a weird year in that it had a fantastic selection of movies, television, video games, and comics. A wonderful selection across genres, size of publishers. It was it was fantastic, and this was notable because we sort of had this sort of like drought that was induced by the pandemic. But this year was also equally characterized by a series of executive decisions that made the lives of those who produce content oh so difficult. And I'm talking about the uptick in AI-generated content. I'm talking about the 2023 writer and actor strikes. We're talking about the mass number of video game layoffs. In our four years of podcasting, this was like the first time we've had such hardline trends that not just followed us throughout the year, but haunted us actively. And outside of the streaming wars, we never had to dedicate so many big-ticket items to the same things over and over and over again and yeah i i thought you can't talk about 2023 without talking about how difficult it was for people to make content in 2023 in doing this retrospective of 2023 i feel like we can also do a retrospective of the podcast because i feel like it was during our first year that we had a discussion about yep Yep. The AI-generated yep. James Dean. And so, like, this is... This has been a thing since we have been a thing. I mean, probably longer because... I don't know. Whenever AI was created as the movie... Mm-hmm. With Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> I feel like that was decades ago. It, it was, um, unfortunately. And I mean, Terminator, Matrix, all of those kinds of things kind of hit on it. And we have these, these, these kind of tropes... And yet, we now we are here with the actual technology. It's no longer science fiction, and we're still making the bad decisions. Like somehow, in these decades of like, hey, this could be bad if we don't make good decisions. It was like, no, 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 that's still in the future. No, the future is now with science. Uh, so yeah, and and I think just while the writer and actor strikes in kind of the entertainment space made big waves. I think it's important to note that they are kind of the tip of the iceberg and they are doing a lot of the front-facing work for this. But like we just had a story, I think last week, that was Sports Illustrated getting called out because they had AI-generated whole journalists whole articles and whole journalists where they were like taking stock photos of people and being like, this is our journalist so-and-so. 
to write in quotes content, right? Like, this is a thing that is spreading throughout society. And I, it feels to me like when you get a drink with ice in it and then eventually it gets watered down and that is what AI generated content feels like in my brain. That's a, that's a good metaphor. <laughs> what do you think, Keith? Um, I have very strong feelings about this for a variety of reasons, both as a fan, but also a producer of content. And I've been ranting about this for a while, past few days, weeks, months, eons, both internally to myself, because it's something that I do, but also externally to people that will listen. Because it's been the case for a while, from my perspective, that people have undervalued not only content, but the people who create that content. And it might be for a number of reasons. For some people, they think, like, I can write words, which means you're just doing that more and getting paid for it. You got lucky. Or something along those lines is kind of the impression I walk away with a lot, which is why a lot of executives think that AI might, they tend to be over-reliant on artificial intelligence in a lot of regards because they see that as a way to cut costs and get the same quality of work, which will not be the case, but that's at least what they really like to swing on there. And just to step back a little bit further, I think it's not just a matter of content when it comes to movies and video games and TV shows, which absolutely fall into this bucket, but I think it's a larger scale issue because it also goes to things like journalism, right? Like, which is an industry that I in that I went to school for that I've worked in for God almost a decade now when I was in college I wanted to, I had dreams of working for newsrooms like that's back when I wanted to focus exclusively on like hip-hop and like movies and TV shows kind of entertainment and I had dreams of working for places like complex because that was the thing people dreamed about back in 2010 2014 when it was still important or MTV News, like that was another place that I really wanted to work for because they were doing really good work back then. But everywhere that I have those dreams and aspirations for have had one, two, if not three rounds of math layoffs since I came out of college, which gives you some real perspective on how this industry is going when it comes to the value of content, the money that's behind it, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like, in matter of fact, I think earlier this week, we just saw that Vox, which has some of the most reliable video content out there, they just had cuts to their video department as well. And now thankfully, they went ahead and unionized recently, so a lot of those, to my knowledge at least, a lot of those people were able to get some severance packages that they wouldn't have been able to get otherwise beforehand. But that, I think, just generally goes to show that despite content being one of, if not the primary export of this country, people tend to forget about the human element that's involved in that. And that you see that time and time again across these industries. And I appreciate that people are willing to take the fight to the front lines when it comes to strikes and to unionizing or just using their platforms and their talents to go ahead and do so because yes as someone who creates content i do personally tell people that yes like if you put the time in anybody can work and do this to a certain degree you got to be smart you got to be lucky like i admittedly was to an extent but you kind of got to be good too mm-hmm. like and this is as a person i'm generally like very humble at least like on the outside and don't say these things but like I'm good at what I do, which is part of why I'm able to do it for a decade long. And there are a lot of other good people out there doing this, as well as you two, people in Black Neuroproblems community, a lot of our listeners as well. And I feel like we shouldn't be taking people who are talented at something for granted to the point where they can no longer do that job, right? It's just constantly upsetting and frustrating. And that's, I'm a, I'm curious to see how things play out because I'm fully aware of the fact that as much as I hate AI, I probably need to get more comfortable with it because there's a good chance like 10 years from now it's going to be part of my job anyway, right? So it's just looking ahead, trying to see how things are all going to shake out. But yes, pay our creators, treat them fairly, and just make sure that we keep doing things we do that are good. 
I want to get to that point that <coughs> you, you ended with, right? Sort of like AI is going to be involved with our industry, whether or not we like the exact way that it's being implemented. And as the biggest robot sympathist in, in probably all of our communities, right? Um, <laughs> I hate this so much because this, this was not the intended use case for AI. And I, I've said this so mm-hmm. many times in so many ways. This is not what computers are good at doing computers are good at like computational stuff and big numbers that we don't think about humans are bad with numbers humans are bad with scales you know what is good with those things computers and the entire point of ai from like my like happy idealistic standpoint is sort of like computers were supposed to do like the logistical jobs that we were bad at like route planning for airplanes and taxes and and all sorts of these like number crunchy heavy things so we could do the more creative things it it was not supposed to be the robots do the creative things that that's not what robots are good at that's not what ai is good at and it's just it's frustrating it's super frustrating because creativity comes from a human comes from a person and when an ai does it it's not being creative it's mimicking other people's creativity and like the whole thing's fruit from a poisonous tree. It's bad. It's frustrating. And I'm just, I'm sad about it just all the time. So I'm thinking about what you're saying. And just, again, having gone to school for things that require a lot of writing, I just remember, and I'm wondering if you two had the same experience of like, one of the worst comments that you could get was that your writing was derivative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That hurt. And it's like, that is all that AI is. It is, that is literally the thing it is doing, is deriving something from the amalgamation of other things. Yeah, that is, that is exactly it. It's a fundamental problem that the people who made this stuff are predominantly white men. It's a problem that the people pushing it are rich people who have more uh, money than sense. And... Mm -hmm. As Victoria also mentioned, like, thank God for the writers and the actors who are, like, putting their foot down, sort of like, no, this is bad for the industry, and hopefully others will follow that trend as well. It's not that we think AI is inherently bad by any means at all, right? It's like technology advancement is happening, but we'll see how it all shakes out, and hopefully we can find a way to advance along with it. Because, I mean, people thought that USPS was going to go bankrupt when email became a thing, but we still get that every day, right? So it's going to happen. We just need to make sure it happens gracefully. This is actually a fantastic way to pivot, because we're now going to talk about some of our favorite media of the year. And here is an example of AI being used for good. Um... Uh, The first thing on my list is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is probably one of my favorite movies ever. Um, It might become my favorite movie once the third movie comes out and we sort of like solidify like its sequence and everything. Um, And one of the one of the things about that movie that was really cool is that they used AI to reduce the amount of repetitive monotonous work that the animators had to do um, by like smoothing out the frames using the animator style that they got consent for and that they used in order to reduce the amount of stuff that they had to do so they could focus on doing other things. That's good AI. And then continuing on the animated trend, because this was a great year for animated content, uh, the Owl House had their uh, series finale with uh, season free and free specials. Some of the best television, fantastic storytelling. I was in tears most of the time. I mean, there's a lot this year, actually. But Our House Season 3 recommend the series available on Disney Plus for now. 
you should go watch it now. And then finally, perhaps my favorite thing that also speaks to the AI stuff was Pluto on Netflix. And Pluto, for those uninitiated, is a sort of like reimagining of the Astro Boy world. Um, and it's it's set in a very similar thing where like there are functional androids, but it's mostly about like how we interact with technology and what happens when technology advances to a point where it cannot be predicted in the same way. Um, so those are three of my favorite things that I have partaken this year. I had to limit to free because otherwise we would just be here for like two hours. So I'm going to hand this off to Victoria. Yeah, that that narrowing was really was really difficult. So also Spider-Man, but for the sake of difference and because there were so many good things that came out this year. I'm going to go with Castlevania, Mm -hmm. Castlevania Nocturne on Netflix. It was absolutely amazing. I'm going to be completely honest. I did not get all the way through the original Castlevania. I think I got (gasps) like maybe two seasons. And then I was like, this is fine. But it's it's that there's so much content Mm -hmm. thing, right? And so... Like, it was just like, I have this other content, and it's pulling me a little bit more. Castlevania was like, I have about two days to finish this. It needs to be done in that much time. Like, Castlevania, that's how I felt about Castlevania Nocturne. It was immediate. Uh, It was great. And then also, I have Polite Society, which was an (laughs) amazing martial arts movie okay so polite society is a movie from nita mansoor who also did we are lady parts which is also an amazing series about a muslim rock band and polite society follows in that in that this is a story about a muslim family uh, with two daughters and the youngest one wants to be a stunt woman and there's also a conspiracy, and so she has to use her stunt woman skills to, like, save her sister. It's a comedy. It's absolutely amazing. It's great. It's on Amazon Prime right now. You should watch it. It's hilarious. Uh, and last but not least is Kazazimoto, which I've talked about several times on the podcast, but it is an anthology series that is on Disney+. Plus that is from African studios um, and African creators. So it's it's just a bunch of kind of sci-fi fantasy shorts, I guess I would say. They're not they're not that short, but I guess it would count as shorts. Um like what specific Yeah, yeah. Uh and specifically again from African studios, which the United States society anyway was seen as a risk, right? Like this was seen as a risk of like, is good stuff going to come out of these studios? And the answer was surprise. Yeah. Amazing stuff is going to come out of these studios. Uh, some really interesting animation styles, great storytelling. And if you haven't watched that anthology series, I would give it a shot. And that leads to Keith. What have you got for us? So for me, the first thing is, again, also Spider-Man. It was amazing, but I can't say that. So I'm going to go with Baldur's Gate 3, which, as far as I'm concerned, is the best video game that I've played definitely this year, if not 
some other longer and extended, more extended <laughs> period of time. I do think out of the three co-hosts of this show, I'm the only one who's actually finished the yeah. game. But that also makes sense because there's literally so much that you can do that everyone's playthrough is going to be vastly different than everyone else's. Outside of a couple major points, and honestly, even those major points might be vastly different. Essentially, it's a Dungeons & Dragons based game where you can create your own character or play with the ones that already come in the game, interact with all kinds of NPCs in a variety of ways. I'll just leave it at that for now if you can get the wink-wink that's involved in there. Check it out if you haven't. Play it three or four what? times because, again, every playthrough is keep, different. Keep. Have you played the epilogue that they just released? I saw clips. I have not played it, so I'm going to go back and do it. <laughs> Excited for you. Because like, I played the game before that patch was released. But thank you for that note. So we can let people know there's been a patch. And if you have, if you're one of the people like me who just flew through Baldur's Gate because it was so fun and became your whole life, <laughs> go back. It should be fun. <laughs> Moving on. Peacock low-key has a surprisingly good amount of shows on the platform that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. So I'm going to take this opportunity to do so and talk about Poker Face. It is a crime comedy drama. It's essentially a murder mystery show where every week the main character whose name is Charlie played by Natasha Leone goes across the country because she's on the run for reasons that I won't spoil for anybody at all but the thing that makes her special is that she has the natural ability to tell whenever someone is telling a lie which is surprisingly often even if something like a white lie so it's a really cool psychological drama there but the thing I love most about this show besides just Natasha Leone being super charismatic and fun to watch in her role is that because it's like a weekly mystery series we get a whole bunch of people in this show that are great and they're there for the episode and they get to go home and it's fine and done so like just going down the list of who's listed as guests on the wikipedia with no further context because i don't want to ruin anything we got people like adrian brody ron perlman hong chow Laura Howry. um i know we had joseph gordon levitt at one point in an episode that i remember louise guzman showed up Every episode is full of like three or four guest stars. You're like, wait a minute. You're like a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Great show. And I'm looking forward to season two coming out at some point in the future. Because the first season is, on again, on Peacock. Ten episodes out so far. And it's coming from the same mind that gave us both Knives Out and Glass Onion. And lastly, this past year, like 2019, we started this podcast, would not have imagined so many hobbies that I've developed since this past time. And I feel like I've talked about them at length on this show and everyone's been along with me on this journey. So I'll say like me getting back into video games as much as I have, especially strategy theater of the mind based video games is something I would not have predicted whatsoever. Right. And on top of that, something that kind of parallel paths. Oh, God, I'm speaking corporate America. Um, something that parallel <laughs> path would be my interest in soccer or football as the rest of the world calls it right and that came as a result of things kind of all happening at once like i played fifa for years and that's fun i'll score a lot of goals but i kind of get bored after a couple weeks but then we had things like the ted lasso effect we had welcome to Wrexham, and then most importantly we had blue lock kind of all coming at once so those two loves kind of converged for me when i realized that they added a game that's been out on pc and various platforms for like 20 years now but they finally added a game called football manager to console last earlier this year i think around February or so because before that it was strictly PC and while I've gotten into games I'm not on that level I don't think I will be that's just not who I am but I was going football manager which is essentially one of those simulation theater of the mind games where you get to put yourself in the seat of being the head coach of a team kind of like GM mode in most sports games but it lets you do so many more things right like you can be as involved as you do or don't want to be from that standpoint because it can admittedly be a bit overwhelming so like if you just want to automate everything in the game and say I just want to pick who plays in the games and see how the scores go by the end and then watch the play like the NPCs play you can do that or you can do like me and basically like 
like reenact your own blue lock and like become the coach of a team at the bottom of the Japanese system and take it all the way up to the top of the country and become a Hall of Fame coach in Asia by the age of 36 and then head up <laughs> to the rest of the world to pick Conquer and everything too. Or you could just like play the game for fun. But yeah, it's like theater of the mind. You can do everything you want to. This has been a perfect way for me to hyperfixate on something in short bursts without having to commit hours of my day to it, which I still do. Especially now that Football Manager 2024 just dropped. And not only do I have a save on my PlayStation 5 where I am bringing Wrexham to the mountaintop, I recently got one on Apple Arcade on my phone, which means it's everywhere with me. And that's the one where I did the whole like bottom of Japan Football League way up stuff. So yes, all of my hobbies and loves are converging. This has become like I've put in hundreds of hours of this at this point in time. So that's become one of my favorite things of the year. I feel like it has to be given the investment that I gave to it. I just want to give a quick shout out to the Oversakar anime that came out. And that is yeah. in the shadow of Blue Lock, which is Aoashi, which is my favorite soccer anime out of the two personally. Um, Blue Lock's great, but I think Aoashi for me just it, it it's mm-hmm. more grounded and it's more, more it's more wholesome vibes. for sure. And I appreciate um, the wholesomeness of that anime. But like and now I'm at the point where I'm current on the manga Blue Lock too, and like I'm sorry, it's just not the same. Like it gives you totally different vibes. Like and like you said, like <laughs> basically, and we said this many, many yes. times. It's been yes. the easiest metaphor out there for people who also love sports anime, like you and I. Like a niche within a niche, right? That Blue Lock is kind of like the Kuroko's basketball mm-hmm. of soccer when Aoishi is the haiku of soccer, and that's yes. kind of give you the vibe of how the shows go. But watch them both; they're both great. And deserve plenty of love and give you totally different feelings and everything. Mm-hmm. But like, this has been a very fun year, and all of my hobbies are starting to converge, and I mm-hmm. love that. And then you're gonna do a soccer-based D and D campaign. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On that, we're gonna end this episode with our padded and unpadded and lightning round for one more time in 2023. This is going to be the three pieces of media we're looking forward to in 2024 with an asterisk that each of us have changed this list several (laughs) times since we started this. I've I've changed it so many times, even while we've been recording. So, three things that I'm looking forward to. We're getting the first of the Haikyuu concluding movies, so instead of a final season, we're getting two movies. It's fine. I just want more Haikyuu content. Uh, this is Battle of the Garbage Dump. This is Karasuno versus... I'm not current. <laughs> so rival team. Hi- is gonna be great. It's one of the most anticipated uh, chapters that they've adapted. Uh, the first movie is gonna be all about this arc. It's gonna be great. Hades 2 uh, is getting alpha in the early 2024. Very excited about that. Sequel to one of the best games of 2020. And then finally, it's coming the end of a very important saga in in my life cobra kai season six has started it's going to start production relatively soon we should hopefully have it by the end of 2024 cobra kai never dies all right so with that then my three ah man there's so many but i went with two books and a movie because i and consistently trying to read more again. My two books are A Tempest of Tea, which is the first in a new series by Hafsa Faisal. I've talked about her other works before. Amazing writer. And then the second one is Saint Seducing Gold, which is the second in the Forge and Fracture series, which is from Brittany and Williams who is amazing and we love her. I'm excited for that. And then 
Spy X Family slash Spy Family. Code White <laughs> is the movie that is coming out in 2024. Um, I love the series. I would really like more dubbed episodes. <laughs> um, and so I'm excited for the movie to come out in the United States. Yeah, I just got done catching up on Spy Family the other day, actually. And again, Spy Family. I need to watch Spy X Family, and I will be doing that this weekend. Um, yeah, let us know what you think about Spy Family. Yeah, Spy X Family. Anyway, we're, it's we're gonna Spy stop Family. Now. Okay, we're, we're done. Fine, we're, in, we're pausing the bit. It's never going to end, but we're pausing it. <laughs> All right, lastly, um, we look forward to next year. As I alluded to earlier in this episode, Blue Lock Season 2 comes out sometime next year. And I already know it's going to be fire because, like, the first season was so fire that I was yelling at my TV like I was watching real sports. And I've read the manga now, so I know what's coming, and I'm still going to do the same thing. Plus, we're going to get a movie about one of the best characters in the entire franchise named Nagi, the genius himself. Then outside of that, we're going to get more of the Doctor Who with Shuti Gatwa, which, and I say more of because we have technically, officially seeing the debut of this doctor but we're going to get that whole run on disney plus coming up early, later on in 2024 i won't say this year and most important the thing that is circled on everyone's calendar that we're all looking forward to is the release of spider-man across the spider-verse part two to see if we will get the best trilogy in all history of filmdom that we anticipate it will be or if it's just going to be like one of the there's no other options here and that is everything that we have to go when it comes to our recap of 2023, but also our look forward to what's coming in 2024. So we're looking forward to seeing you all next year. And if you want to hear more from the Black Neuro Problems News Network, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next year for more pop culture updates. Once again, this is your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. I'm your host, Victoria Bertine. And I'm your host, Michael Snyder. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Everybody out there, take care of yourselves. We love you and thank you for listening. Have a good year. Bye.